Are we ready to rock? Alright. A one, a two, are you know what to do? trying to figure out how to start. That's something I've always envied about Rob is he always seems to have some sort of launching point because, you know, he's he's always thinking forward and, and into what topic we're going to discuss on the air or whatever it might be. So just there's something that I've always admired that he can just start a conversation and it just rolls. Do you think that that's just come from experience or do you think that that's just like a gift of gab type of thing? I think it starts with like the, the seed into the into the oak tree type thing where there's a, the, the seed of the talents there and then you just you just keep building. One of the things that was interesting in the in one of the most recent Queenie casts is that Queenie was expressing the same thing. Like, how, how do I start this? What do I do? The most awkward part of the, of the podcast is trying to figure out how to start. And Rob said that part of his listener mail crinkling and crankling where he has the, you know, Got this yeah. email from so and so, so and so. He said that was born out of his, um, uh, what's the word? Not awkwardness, but trying to figure out how do I start this segment? How do yeah. I start every segment? And so that's that's how the listener mail thing came about. That and uh. I still think that I'm remembering correctly that he 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 up the ante on the paper, crinkling and crankling, because uh, one of the station managers said, hey, it's kind of annoying. That might be off-putting to some listeners. And so if you, anytime you hint to Rob that something he's doing, he shouldn't be doing, he's just going to like ratchet it up to the next level. Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, I think it's just been, it's been a wild ride. Uh, like, first of all, who are you? Just oh. because there's a lot of people that don't know that who uh, producer Nick is because there's a lot of new listeners. Yeah, so I was I was hired by Rob Williams uh, to do a very dumbed down version of your job about 18 <laughs> years ago. Uh, it was oh June of two, June of 2002. Uh, I was the in-house producer for the show, and c- comparing my job then to your job today is sort of like comparing flying a, a single engine Cessna to flying a Boeing 747 to what you currently do. And I'm not, I'm not just like just being nice to you or paying you homage. Like it, that's the, the comparison. Wow. But that's what I was, that's what I was hired to do. And I was on the air a little bit, kind of jumping in and out of segments for about five years before I moved away. And when I moved, I moved to Los Angeles with my wife who got a good uh, job opportunity. I'm like, well, I'm super into the video editing. Let's go to Southern California, see if we can make this thing happen. Like big in Hollywood. And I, I, I just thought that would be the end of the ride. Yeah. And Rob had said, well, hey, would you consider staying on for a fee and, you know, helping out with stuff in a satellite capacity? You know, it's, it's being far away and helping out with video. And this was before like telecommuting was really a thing. Oh, way, way before. This, yeah. is, this was before YouTube. This was before a, a lot of things. And a, a lot of the uh, it was about two years into maybe a year into my my tenure with the show where I just would watch them from the producer studio. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, these people are fucking entertaining. They're just really entertaining to watch. And most radio people are not entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, even like icons like like Howard Stern, he's not entertaining to watch in and of himself. So he kind of surrounds himself with characters and porn stars and lights and, and, and shtick and, and that kind of thing. We were talking about Rush Limbaugh recently, and it's almost like he had to force himself to get animated. It, yeah. Because there's a st- period there, we were talking about this behind the scenes before the show just recently, that he had some sort of TV show, and he would get 
yeah get way, clowny way back in the it. day way yeah. way way back in the day yeah. yeah you wouldn't imagine that now but no uh, so is that it, it was that where you decided well this is there's something else to this show that you wanted to add yeah to and, it and again i had no idea the 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 delivery vessel for this thing but i, I just went to rob one day and went you guys are really funny to watch mm-hmm. and you know i think we should put together get some cameras and actually film you guys doing the show and i, I thought he would shoot it down because you know rob is a very controlling person and he likes to be in control of all things. And I, I thought his response to me would be, it's going to be too distracting to the show. It's going to distract Dawn. It's mm-hmm. going to distract me. No, I was, I was expecting to get shot down. And he gave me the, the green light and he gave me a budget. He's like, all right, here's how much money you have. Go get some cameras. And can you edit this? And I went, sure. And I'd never, I'd never done any video <laughs> editing in my life. Do you know, do you remember how much the budget was back then for, for to get those video file cameras uh, and laptop and he, all that stuff? He was really generous. Look, the, the laptop, he he already had, so I don't know what, what the budget was for that, but I mm-hmm. think he I think he gave me like a thousand bucks and said, go to go to go to Circuit City and <laughs> get some cameras. So I got Oh my gosh. So I, so I got, you know, uh, you know, back in the day these I got these little three hundred dollar cameras and a little They're D V, they're digital yes, video. They're little digital tapes that you yeah. put in. Um, but yeah, but, but like there was, there was an immediate visceral and positive reaction from the listeners. Yeah. There was n- not, not on the scale that it is today because the, back then there was no YouTube. So we had to actually on the website, upload a video file, which is an enormous file mm-hmm. and listeners had to download it. So it would choke out the website. It would take right. like probably 45 minutes to an hour to download these <laughs> these videos but once people did they really enjoyed them yeah this is like back in the napster days i remember downloading songs that would take like 10 minutes oh napster and video yeah no i and do you want the the first song that i downloaded from napster was metallica's i disappear oh that man. that 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 song from the mission impossible 2 soundtrack yeah. i think anyways that's that's thought it was funny because they, they were the ones who were like trying to shoot down yeah napster in the end but uh sorry uh lars I'll pay you like 10 cents. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so the, I, I think it's funny to hear you say like, not because Rob is not generous, but he is generous when it comes to like putting, investing into the show yeah. and getting the best things, best equipment that we can get to uh, present the show in the best light possible. But a thousand dollars, I know that he's laughing. <laughs> he was laughing his ass off when you said that, because I'm putting through, and this is the least favorite part of my job. When I have to work with the tech guys or if we need to upgrade something or repair or replace and some of this technology has gotten so advanced and so robust. Oh, it's incredible. It's but it's so expensive. Oh, I know. And so I see these quotes and I pass them along to Rob and it's like it's cringe. Sometimes I'll sit on the quote for a couple of days. Right. <laughs> and, I, and I know that's bad because we got to get things done. And, and so I, I choose wisely, Rob. I'm not sitting on quotes for too long. But I do that because just the nervousness. Yeah, I'm tr- I'm getting out of it now, and it's almost just like, well, if he says no, he says no. There's right. nothing I could do about it. And so it's, it, but it's it's just I don't know. Money has always been uncomfortable for me. Yeah, it's you know it's kind of like going to dad, like uh, dad, yeah. can I uh, can we we need a uh, five hundred dollars to fix that thing and. And, exactly. But, but I but I think you, you and I are the same way because we both value money. Yeah. We, we both spend other people's money like we would spend our own. So it, it, it's, recklessly. It, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I really we're we're pretty. Are we pretty frugal people? I know for a fact I'm a very frugal person. I made fu- I've been made fun of by my loved ones for mm. been, being as frugal as I am. I will wear shoes until they fall off my feet. So, but on the other hand, I'll spend. $10,000 on a camera if I have to, right. if I need to, and, and not not even worry about it at all. I'm the same way. I, I actually, I'm going to be honest, I'm not the best with money, 
but I have a good chunk saved up, you know, for rainy day, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't max out my credit cards or anything. I don't have any problems. I'm just not like investing and I'm not, and I know I should be, mm -hmm. but it's just not something that I've been able to invest time in or really, cause I know I can go to Rob for that. But again, it's like going to dad, can you, know, can you tell me how, how to I, use the stock market? How does an IRA work? Is it the bears or the bulls? I don't know. <laughs> And so, I don't know, it's just not for me. And I don't really value money like I need it all. I need to hoard all of the money. I th I'm more like, if I want it, I'll get it. So that's why I'm, that's that's why I, the way I look at it. And I'm very frugal in that sense because I wanna be able to do that. I just wanna say, hey, let's go there. Let's do this thing. Let's buy this new camera. Like I just got it, this this iPhone that I just, I just upgraded the iPhone because uh, I've been going through some personal stuff and I thought that this thing that I'm holding all the time that I'm attached to because not only this job, but our life, we have everything on mm -hmm. our phones and there's just been some personal things that I've been dealing with and it's been all really negative and I just got sick of holding my phone and I was up for an upgrade anyways. Mm -hmm. I got a good deal because the new iPhone came out and I've always been an Android user and so I just decided, what the hell, I'll get the, I'll get the Apple, I'll get the iPhone. Really cool iPhone 12. It's not the Pro, so, you know, I don't have the third camera lens right. or whatever the, it is, you know. I know, but they're so much faster now. The, just the, all the technology has gotten yeah. so much better. And just so to be able to, like, you know, well, there's only, like, 100 bucks left on my contract or the, because the, you have to lease the phones now. Yeah. Or you pay, pay uh, up front, but you know how this works. <clears throat> but anyways, um, being able to release that negative energy was so freeing. And just using an iPhone versus an Android, the, the Android just feels like it's attacking you. And there's a lot of like, it just edgy. And I don't know what the user experience and how they do it, but they, they clearly put thought into this, that once you're looking at that screen, it doesn't matter how you, you interact with it. The interaction itself is designed by design. It's not just the stuff inside. It's the actual user experience. And I, it's just been fascinating to me to feel a, like a weight has been lifted mm -hmm. with uh, this technology. And it, you were saying something about uh, something similar about your uh, about your experience when you just started with the show. Yes, right? the the my very first day with the show was the end. Uh, I was 25 years old, and I was been I was in a, a long term relationship for like four or five years, and it was the first big like love of my life. We lived together, we contemplated marriage, that kind of thing. And that fell apart right before I started the show. In fact, it was a good sort of bookends to finish that chapter of my life. And I would, I, I got this crappy little place in North Highlands that was uh, about a mile or two from the show. Mm. I actually kept a butcher knife in my, uh, my, my little bag I took to work <laughs> just in case, because, because I'm leaving it, I'm leaving uh -huh. it, you know, three o'clock in the morning. And that's when that's like peak drug dealer hours, you oh, know? Yeah. And so I, I, I don't know if I look like a person that, that is a pushover. I probably do. So I'm like, I'm bringing the knife, <laughs> whatever works. Um, and I lived there for about six months and I, I would do that thing where I, I, I threw myself into my work because I was really, really sad. And I wasn't, sometimes in life, even when you do the right thing, it's sad and it fucking hurts mm -hmm. and it shreds your guts out. And I would, I would do the show and work 12 hours a day. I'd go home and it, at least, at least once a day for about six months, I would ball my fucking eyes out mm -hmm. and just like, and then I would take a deep breath. And then almost like, like when you, when you, when you feel like you want to throw up and you're like, Oh, I don't want to throw up. I don't want to throw up. And you go to the commode and you go, mm -hmm. and it all comes out and you go, Oh, I'm, I'm glad I, I just yacked my guts up because now I feel good. Now I can continue with my day. You have to that, purge. You have to purge. That that so that period of was like four to six months. I was really mourning the loss of something very huge in my life, mm -hmm. um, and I didn't find another person that I loved like that until the person I'm currently married to. Um, but anyway, the, so after about six months, and I, and I stopped being 
sad. I was ready to stop feeling sad. You know, you, you were just ready to, I, I'm, I'm tired. I've, I'm, I'm done. I've, I'm, I'm ready to transition out of this phase of being fucking sad all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I think I just need to move no, for no reason. I, you know, it's not the, the rent's fine. The place is fine. Even though it's in the ghetto, I just need to move. And so I moved two miles away. I just changed places. Uh, just changed where I live, and I, I thought I, did, I didn't. I did I had no idea the kind of impact it would have on me. I, I I just thought that it would be a nice change of pace, a refresher, and so I changed places. And I I didn't realize that the other place I was living in had all this sadness on the wall, <laughs> and all this just like hurt and this stuff. Like like that's the place where I was bawling my eyes out once a day. And this new place now is a place where I'm ready to have a new, a real new start, a new fresh chapter. And all of those things. And it was, I would, I thought that it would be an improvement, but it, I had no idea how much it would open up my life and my energy and everything. And so it, as dumb as it sounds to get a new phone and oh, I got this new phone makes me feel good. Or, or, or I don't wear this brand of tennis shoes anymore. I wear this shoes or I used to drive a Ford. Now I drive a Chevy, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, if you have memories or something that's attached to something like that, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's unbelievable how, how, how much that can help your, your psyche and your health to make changes sometimes, even if they seem arbitrary or for no reason. Sometimes you got to just make a change. There's, it's almost like it's an intuition. You, you don't even have to be, it might seem like you're doing it and it's, it's just a random act like, ah, oh, I need to move. It, it is, it is, it's your body. So there's something inside you telling you that that change has to come. And I unfortunately had an incident recently in the last month where I was laying out on a couch and having to be with chest compressions by Mrs. Brandon because of, you know, things that I was not changing. I was pushing too hard because, you know, I don't, I'm still trying to figure out why exactly I, I'm hiding from something or if I'm, if I'm hiding myself in work. But after that incident, I realized that that, that's not the case. There's just, there's things that I've been pushing down and ignoring because uh, of a fear of, uh, feeling guilty or feel fear of uh, feeling uh, like I'm gonna let somebody down. You know, it, there's there's various uh, reasons that aren't this show, and I was I was I was almost led to believe that it was, and I thought that I was going crazy, and then it, I so I just kept pushing harder, like tr- almost searching for the reason why I'm I'm feeling this way about the job, and it, it turned out to be more stuff about my personal life, and so. Uh, with all of that being said, there was some changes recently, and and uh, I, I've cleared the space in, in internally, um, not just at uh, work but at home. And that change has has drastically changed my mood, and to the point where I'm not even taking my anti anxiety pills anymore. That's incredible. I mean, I, and I'm not saying like I've, I've just thrown them out, and I'm like I'm cured, yeah. but I don't I don't rely on them, and. I know they're there, and so it's maybe that uh, placebo effect. Just knowing that it's there also calms my my nerves. Mm-hmm. But just having that shift has been such a relief. Um, and you know, just without getting into too much detail, I didn't know how much of of a relief it would be to change just my phone. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. But this is a my wife and I joke a lot about two things can be true, uh, even if the things that that cause you stress and anxiety or the things that made you have to go to the hospital for, for stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. It, just because it's not all this job doesn't mean that it's that the job doesn't contribute. For people who don't know, <laughs> I mean, again, people look on the outside looking in, they, yeah. oh, Brandon's like the like the funny, quirky guy on the air who does computer stuff and, and makes all the songs and games, and they don't understand that your job starts at 3 a.m. 
and on a regular basis goes to five o'clock to six o'clock in the afternoon. And if the show or, or station is off the air at two o'clock in the morning, guess who gets called and guess who has to fix it? Mm-hmm. Anything that happens, you, like you run the building, if somebody has to come in maintenance and deal with the building, guess who has to uh, deal with that person? I got pest on Friday. What's that? Pest, pest on Friday. <laughs> so, you know, I, 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 I've joked with Queenie on the show, uh, you know, I, I really, I really, really, really enjoy Queenie and her work ethic is amazing. And I, I walked in the other day and she was uh, boxing up things from the, is it the Maggot Mall or the Superstore? I get it mixed so, up. Uh, the Stupid Store. Stupid Store, yeah, okay. with all the food products. Anyway, yeah. and so, you know, Queenie is on the ground with tape and boxes and doing the thing and her, her hair is all, all a frazzle because she's been working. And I said, hey, Queenie, ain't showbiz glamorous? <laughs> and, you know, and she laughed. And, and because people, people only see you know, the really fun side of you from whatever it is, five, five to 10 in the morning. And they don't realize that, okay, as soon as Brandon gets done with his fun job on the air for five hours, there's another, whatever, eight, six, 10 more hours of your day that you're working. And the weight of the world is on your shoulders. I don't know how to fucking keep the show on the air. Rob doesn't know. Rob, <laughs> Rob knows how to create the show and build the show. And, and he does his thing, yeah. but none of us know how to keep this going. And that's all on your shoulders. And, and I, and I, you know, in, in, in a healthy Brando, you can handle that. And you're great with that. Like when you're living a happy, fulfilled life, you have a challenging career and a challenging job. But when you have disaster and terrible things happen and loved ones and, and things out of your control that you can't fix and this job, mm-hmm. that's too much to ask for anybody. It was just so 2020, everything that came to a culmination over the period of probably two or three weeks that, that just hit after hit after hit. And I don't, I don't want to dig too deep into stuff. You know, my grandma died, my dad had a heart attack and my dog, you know, it's just a classic country song. Um, but there was, uh, there, there was the moment after my, my incident where I realized it's almost like I hadn't, I hadn't opened up or shared what I was doing completely with everybody because I just handled it. And so when I finally took a spill and I was taken out of the equation for a moment, I think it was an eye opener, not just for, for everybody around me, um, but myself that I can't do this alone. Mm -hmm. And when upon recognizing that and having some meetings with Rob, my biggest fear was I'm just not going to be able to live up to my level because it's just too much for me. I'm getting old. I was joking like maybe a week before I was hospitalized that I just can't multitask the way that I used to. I would just stare at the screen. Which is a, a, a hysterical statement for anybody that could watch you work in the studio during the show. <laughs> now, let me paint the picture of Brandon during the show. There's multiple monitors up. He's editing audio files, copying and pasting, uploading files, uploading the website. And while he's doing this, while you're doing this, I'm talking like you're not here. <laughs> there are sometimes you're doing that while you're checking your Facebook, your personal Facebook on your phone as a, I'm so bored doing all these tasks. I, got, I actually have to do something to occupy my time because whatever, the show's talking about politics or something that's not compelling or interesting. Sometimes. So it's for, for a person like you to think that I just can't multitask anymore. Mm-hmm. That's, that's quite the thing to think. And it's, and it's tough for me to uh, swallow because I, I, cause I know I, I'm pretty high functioning. So to notice that it was a little bit scary and I thought I'm losing my edge. I'm not going to be able to, to keep up my chops and I'm going to lose my value. And cause I've always placed my value and how hard I work and, and the results that I produce. Um, so being humbled by being unconscious for a couple of hours and waking up in an emergency room with people surrounding me going, you're okay. And even when I was waking up out of my stupor, I was freezing cold because I was wearing these short shorts and a, and a tank top because I was home for the night. Mm -hmm. And 
freezing my ass off and I'm and they're like, Do you want a blanket? And I said, No, it's okay, I'm fine. I'll get my own blanket. I'm laying there on the bed. Right. Stupid. And and I realize how that's that's stupid now, but it, it, there's nothing wrong with leaning on people. And what uh, upon coming out of this and having some meetings with Rob, I've learned that no matter what place you're in life, no matter who it is, you're, you're still going to have that family, that support and people who care about mm -hmm. you and care about your best interests. And it, when it came to meet with Rob, I was afraid that, well, if I'm not, if I'm expendable, then he's just going to start casting me aside. But it was different. It was mm -hmm. the opposite of that. He swooped me up. He, he said, I'm going to be right there with you no matter what happens, either this or that, I'll still be there. And it's been a wild roller coaster it's been a love roller coaster red hot chili peppers and ohio players said it best i had to say that whole ohio players because the red penners would have been like that's not a red hot chili pepper song <laughs> uh but it has been and it's been overwhelming but it's also been reassuring that no matter how this all pans out whatever whatever's happening in my life currently I'm still going to be okay. And it's almost like that light, that, that trust fall that you have to do in order to get yourself to that next level, because you can't do this on our own. It, there's no way to get through life on your own in a healthy manner. Do you think there's something that happened in your, in your growing up that made you think it's all on me. I have to do this or it's not going to happen. Or it's not going to happen. It's going to all fall apart. That's a good question because that's, that's actually some, something that's come up in therapy. If you, you know, believe it or not. Um, my, my mom was sick my whole life, basically. And there was had the last half of her life, um, minus like the last two or three years that she was here with us. She passed away about seven years ago, six, seven or eight years ago. Um, and, uh, so with her in that last stage of, of her life, knowing that she was damaging her body, but blaming it on something else, while constantly being hospitalized, going to counseling, and she ultimately, uh, uh, not Alzheimer's, geez, anorexia, uh, ultimately took her life. And it was just because her body had just broken down and couldn't repair itself. And But she was blaming it on like arthritis. and But at the same time, she was abusing um, laxatives. And it was, it was a very hard thing to witness and then process after she finally admitted what was going on because she was leading us along, her whole family that it was something else. And so upon that realization, it was almost like I had to forgive her, but then I had to forget it and keep moving because I was I was the only man at the house really that during this time, my dad was working to provide for the family. And so it was hard for him to be there all the time. And I had to just kind of take on some stuff. And so I guess it's always been in my DNA basically from that point on, but, um, I don't know how much of the mumbo and jumbo you believe in, but I've been around the block a couple of times, according to uh, some spiritual uh, beliefs. And I tend to err on that belief as well. And it just, it, I've always had uh, some sort of abandonment issue. I've been, um, I've been orphaned in my previous lives. I've been a monk in my previous lives. It's, I know you're rolling your eyes. No, I, I, I believe the monk thing. Now, if you told me like, I was, I was like a, like a Vegas, you know, showbiz dancer. Yeah. I was like, ah, mumbo jumbo. That's a dream. My friend, I, I can, I can see you being a monk. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, um, I've had a lot of time to think about this and marinate on it. And it's just, it's just, um, it's all about balance really. And I, and I need to remember that, I don't need to carry all that weight on my shoulders. And so that leads me to um, to 
really thank you so much for taking your time to come out here and act as the, as Rob would say, the Ray Donovan of the Rad Radio Show. I don't know about that. I'm hanging on for fucking dear life over here, man. <laughs> I want to. I, so I want to. I want to say something about like the whole training process when you came out here because you your, the original plan here was for you to come out and provide some relief for me so that I could eventually take a couple of days off which I was able to do and and thank you very much for doing that anytime it means um so much and but just at the same time having you here has reminded me how to have fun good doing this job this is a fun fucking job this i know is, this is what what brings people like us to this job it's fun and, it, and it's hard because it's been there's been so many years prior you know you've always been here you've always been a part of the show you've come out to the events and you know you've worked with the camera and your your main job is mostly like the video stuff and yeah. production work and so not having you here as it was was just different it was a different experience until you came back and then it was like wow that okay this is this is what I love. And and before you even came out here, though, I was professing my love to this career that I had never done before. I, I had never admitted that this is what I was meant to do. This is what I'm good at. That this is this is what I'm damn good at. And I and I'm proud of it. And there's there's parts of me that have evolved a little bit quicker since of since my my fainting spell mm -hmm. oh my lord i agree and, and i can tell you as someone who edits footage of you so i don't just edit like your footage i watch everyone's footage all of it yours and everyone and i can tell you have had a breakthrough in the last six to eight months in my opinion mm -hmm. i don't think you're close to your potential and i, I don't mean that as, as, as like a dad wagging his finger i'm just saying the the the, the spurt i've seen out of you giggity <laughs> in the last eight months i think that I think that whatever you think your ceiling is, you're not close to it yet. And I, I think that realization, it's like I, I'm walking upon the precipice of of what can what is possible. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited about it. And it's it's almost like I've I've been given a new breath of life because of you coming in and I mean your personality and our connection has always been great I, i've always had a great working relationship but i've always cared for you as, as a friend and a, and just a, just a confidant you know i've always gotten the most sage advice from you and you've always been the the, the best person i i just love you man thank you i just do and but at the same time don't tell me show me i feel <laughs> i feel like i broke you when I trained you the first week before I left for Southern California. Oh no, it's, it's not your fault. Look, no, it's it's not your fault. It's just the like I'm uh, I t I took on the weight of of uh, don't fuck this up, yeah. Brandon. You have this system that's it's perfect. It, uh, I'm not going to bore people with technical things, but there there are so many redundancies and things that update themselves and things that recycle themselves, and all I can do is fuck it up. So that's my that was my thinking in my head of do not fuck this up. Mm -hmm. And once I I, I tell you. But Thursday and Friday when you were away, uh, we had some fantastic shows because everyone was rolling with the punches with, of, of this is a potential disaster waiting to happen. So let's all just power through it and, mm -hmm. and get through it. And we had some fantastic shows. That's what I hear. And Saturday, I fucking slept. Oh, my God. I went to bed Friday night at like 9 or 10 o'clock. Yeah. And I got up at like 8 o'clock. And, I, and I've, I felt great at 8 o'clock. And then I did my morning stuff from like 8 to noon. And I'm like, I'm just going to take a nap. And I slept again from noon to 5 from the stress of your job for two days. I slept 17 hours in that block of time. So it's been a slow ramp up to this process to that where we're at today, which is 
super complicated, but if you put me in this spot, it's just like second nature. It's just like a muscle memory. I don't, I don't have to think about it, which is why I can look at my phone and do important work things and like show research, not look on Amazon, Rob. Mm-hmm. I promise I'm not looking at my personal Facebook page while I'm dozing off during political talk. Um, no, I kind of am sometimes. Uh, but there, there are just these, these systems that have just become that. And so to throw that on somebody so quickly and, and just to compare what you trained me to do the website and, and the audio work and stuff when yeah. I came on the show like yeah, 15, 15 years, years ago. ago, Jesus. And then I was looking at you, I was like, damn, this is a lot of stuff. Yeah. And, and it's just grown so exponentially. Yeah. And there's no reason why we shouldn't be adding somebody that could live up to that level. And I think uh, this whole incident was a wake up call for everybody that uh, we needed somebody capable to do that. I, th- I think we found the guy. Yeah, he's a good. So for people who I'm sure Rob will make a big deal about this on the air at, yeah. when it's the right time, but we're adding a new person to the team who's going to be able to take a gigantic load <laughs> off your shoulders in terms of like you don't have to be the guy that does everything. Mm-hmm. For for years, I've, I've I've talked to whoever would listen to me in my private life. He's doing too much. This is too much. It's it's not just working long hours. Well, you know, to be successful, you have to work work long hours. But I'm like. Mm-hmm. He's fucking doing too much. There's the, he's he's carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders, and eventually it's it's not going to be good. Mm-hmm. And so we're adding somebody so that you know you don't have to carry the fucking world. Yeah. You know, you can have somebody that to, to take over some of the things and let you be be Brando and do more. Because think about how many all the fun songs everyone loves, like like your your benchmarks during the show, your songs, all your fun things you do that that you put together to the show for the show. How many more of those could you do? With someone to take the load off, and so I, I'm super excited that we have a person now that's that you that you and I are training now, mostly you, a little bit of me, who's going to be helping you out with this. So yeah, and it, not not just just to take the load off, but to creatively open up that space. Yeah. Um, which I want to get back to the creative creativity thing, but there's um there was something happening today when the day that we're recording this, it's not really important. I'm I'm doing some training with uh, with the new guy, and I get to thinking, wow, I could, I could do this. I could change this. I could, I could, I could finally have that time where I can, yeah. I can make these adjustments and take these, take things to the next level. There's, there's always been something that's been slowing me down. Something that came up that just kept bogging me down and it just kept like trudging through mud. Mm-hmm. And when those fun projects come up, like, Hey, I need a jingle for this. It would be daunting because I would have to be like, okay, I just got to readjust this. I got to move over here. I got to come in on a Sunday to do this. And it just always became a task just to find the time to find the time. And so you're right. It's just to be able to get off the air and walk away for like 30 minutes and come back and just go to a clean plate piece of paper and just say, what am I going to do today? Yeah, I have never been able to do that and I feel like I'm closer than ever to be able to finally do that. And it's 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 cool to see something come together when you let go of it. Yeah, there's a one of my favorite sports stories of all time uh, when Michael Jordan was on the Bulls before he won all the championships. Sorry for people who aren't sports fans. <laughs> Fast forward, scroll past this for about the next three minutes. I'll wrap it up quick. I promise. Uh, you know, Michael Jordan had, was the most talented player in the league for many many years and couldn't win. He just couldn't get past the hump because he was scoring 60 points a night. And trying to do it all himself, trying to carry the world on his shoulders. And he had the talent to do that mm-hmm. and put up all the stats and be MVP, but he couldn't get over the hump and win anything. And so coaching regimes were changed. Phil Jackson was brought in. And one of the first things, as Michael Jordan tells the story, one of the first things Phil Jackson ever told him was, are you tired of losing yet? Wow. 
And he said, we're not going to win a championship. We're not going to get to where we need to go with you killing yourself every night and scoring 70. You have to be able to trust your teammates. And it's my job as the coach to make sure your teammates are in the right place and that they're there for you. But you have to pass the ball. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to trust that your teammates are going to be there and and pass the ball. And I feel like now the show has somebody you can pass the ball to. Yeah. So that's going to be a great – Well, and uh, it, uh, part B of that story is – um, the, before the Chicago Bulls regime of the 90s, uh, the Detroit Pistons had won back-to-back championships, and they were like the bad boys and winning a bunch of things. And somebody asked, I think it was Joe Dumars, who was like the guard of that team. This is such old man sports talk. But they said, when did you know that you, as a member, that it was over for the Pistons? Like the, that your, your title reign was over. He said something like game one or game two of the conference finals. He's like, Jordan's driving the lane, and there's like four of us, and we're getting ready to whoop his ass. We're getting ready to just drop pound him in fucking oblivion <laughs> and because every time he drives the lane we put him on his ass mm-hmm. and so jordan drives the lane and everyone converges on him and he passes nice he kicks it out for an open look for his teammates and he said that it he said that was our first oh shit moment that's awesome of this is it we're in deep trouble nice yeah so wow and i feel like I feel like that's that's kind of reminiscent of what rob is doing right now yeah and i think he's always been that way but I don't know. I think that we just have reached that we reached that level where it's just time for evol- evolution and growth, and uh, it feels really good to to have that trust too. Yeah. Because I don't I don't take it for granted, and and I haven't taken it for granted since day one. Because you know, going back to the creativity thing, and how you were nervous that he was going to turn your video idea down, and it turns it out to be one of the biggest hits. Hundred percent. I, I thought for sure he's going to shoot it down. Yeah, and I thought that he was going to shoot down my idea of redesigning the website from scratch. At the time, there was there's a much simpler way to d- design websites still that they are today, if you can believe it. Um, but I was looking at the site that you built, which was great. There was nothing no. wrong with no, it. No, it wasn't. It was just slow. And, and so Rob it wanted ter- to, it was, he wanted to optimize it and make it up to date to modern times. And it was a quickly moving. This animal. is like the 15 years ago, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 15 year mark. And this, so this is like when, you know, I don't know, was Netscape still a thing then? I Probably. Don't, I don't even think hundred based, uh, uh, like, a. 10 by 100 based uh, T lines in buildings or in uh, businesses weren't even a, a popular thing. I think they only had that in major businesses, but DSL and dial up were still the thing yeah. at that time. Um, so he, I, I, I met with him and he was asking me what I wanted to do um, as far as like the, the next five years, they're giving you the whole spiel when you, when you uh, interview. But I said, I was, I had experience in designing websites back in high school. I redesigned the high school website. Um, I, I did a site for the uh, tournament of champions, a wrestling tournament, uh, that our PE teacher did. I ditched a lot of school <laughs> <laughs> because I was able to uh, find my niche in tech. And so there was a, de- there was a demand and I was that, I was the geek squad for the entire school. My class only had 110 kids. School had 600, very small school. And it was just easy to acclimate to, or just to, uh, manipulate, I guess you could say to get my way to start doing things that I wanted to do. Mm. And I still passed. I still did good, did well in school. Um, but that was my, that was my edge and it was always my edge until I graduated and I didn't know exactly where to take it further. And I saw this, I saw this opportunity and Rob said, I give you complete creative freedom. And at that moment I thought, this is going to be cool. There is so much potential. And I, I immediately started thinking about jingles. I'm thinking back now at that day, 
15 years ago, I was thinking, man, I can make like songs and stuff because I was really into music. And it, it, I know that they're, they're funny and silly and goofy and simple sometimes, but it's, it's the, it's that passion of creating that I was allowed to have that has just been my lifeblood throughout this whole thing. You know, one of the things that I've noticed, and it's, you know, some things in life you take for granted until they're, they're gone. Mm -hmm. When you were gone on Thursday and Friday, I can't tell you how many calls and listener mails of people who, who called in because I, I know a few of your on-air kind of benchmark things and I can't, I can't really do them. I did a couple of them terribly, oh, yeah. but people were, were calling in and saying, Hey Rob, you know, I, I not only do, do we miss Brando, I did, I did his benchmark. Like I did his, like whatever it was you were doing in, in a song or a bit people, yeah. people off the air are jumping in out loud in their office chairs and doing your, your things, your little, your little additions to whatever's happening in the show and the songs. And, and that's, it's the, the earworm thing and, it, and it's fun. And especially now, I mean, we can use some fucking fun in our lives. Mm -hmm. This is, this is a terrible, terrible time. There's so many stressful things happening and I think we mentioned this on the air for, for the, the regular show, but for a lot of us, even before all of the depressing pandemic shit, you know, was, was happening, we all had things in life. Okay. I need to fix that. I need to address that and work on that. And it's causing me stress, but I can live with it and I'll, I'll deal with it when I can get to it. Mm -hmm. And then all of this just, just drops a 500 pound anvil on that. And it makes every little thing so much worse and so hard. Mm -hmm. And to hear a, a, a Brando jingle or a, a, a funny little thing where you pop in and make some sound effect or some stupid thing. It, it, it just takes, a, it's, it's a reminder mm -hmm. that we're allowed to have fun. Yeah. I think that it's going to be some form of art, uh, some entertainment that's going to help us all really get out of whatever massive funk we're going to be in next. And I thank you. Very kind. And I, I actually, <laughs> I actually stumbled upon this. <laughs> And I love it. Oh no! I laughed so, and I was like, "This is fucking great!" Because it's like my, it's like it's my script, right? So right. it says Brando benchmarks, and there's nine Roadhouse kissing yeah, noises. Yeah, I, I made this two. list of things. I'm like, look, there's no way I'm going to be able to do all the things that you do on the air the way that you do them. But even if I can do them horribly as a placeholder for you and as a reminder to people that he's coming back, everything's going to be fine. You know, we're all fine here. Everything's fine. So in preparation, in, in preparation for your going out of town, in addition to all the notes I made of the technical things you do, I made this list of all of your on-air production benchmarks. I don't even remember all of them. I got to like nine or 10, but like the first one is that, you know, nine, uh, then the, the roadhouse. And then like the, anytime someone sends mail, oh, I love you guys. Where, where they, where they love you or they love the show. They go, the kissy noises. All right, let's see. The awesome. Awesome. What's in the box? Let's see. Giggity. Uh, just the tip. And then, sweet. You know, the nerd voice. And that's as far as I got. Like, I know I know he's got 20 more that he does on the air, but. It'd be kind of fun. I'm, I'm not going to spend the time to do it, but it'd be kind of fun to, like, actually write down all the ones that have, have come out. Because some have come and gone. Yeah. You know, the good day, good morning, Sunday morning. Which you didn't even know what the whole good no, morning, I Sunday that. morning thing that, was. That, that's the thing. See, some, sometimes you got to what? You got to be a regular listener to the show yeah. to catch because the show moves fast. Yeah. You got you to gotta catch up. And uh, it, it's, it's, it was, I thought it was endearing to see that because I was like, aww. They were gonna do that, and, and so I, you were, you said I'm sorry because you thought I would be in, like embarrassed to see this or something. No, because I, because like, you didn't remember all the benchmarks. I didn't remember all of them, but oh, I also I didn't want to like like there's there the, the, 
your contribution cannot be reduced to a sheet of fucking paper. <laughs> so I didn't want you to think, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm gone. You can just roll in some schmo to, to, to do my, my, my things. And like, that's, that's not what I was thinking. No, I wanted, no, no. Yeah. And I saw it the opposite way. I saw it as, I, honestly, I'm going to frame this. Can I keep this? Honestly, you can have it. It's such a, it's, it's such a cool reminder just of this time. Um, and just everything that I've been through, but just how much of an impact and how special everybody is to me. Um, to be able to just look at this, it's like, okay, they, everybody cares, you know, everybody cares. And there's been just an onslaught of, I've been, I've been having a beer, so I might be getting a little, a little, <laughs> what'd you put in my beer, Nick? You'll uh, find out later. <laughs> you wake but, up and your ass will be sore. <laughs> I just feel, I, I just feel the love and it's, and it's great. And I don't know if I'll, I'll ever listen to those two shows. Not because I don't like, I don't think that they're good because no, uh, I've to. heard nothing but the they're opposite. So hysterical. You've got to listen to them. And I think what I have to do is like, I have to get to a place where I could just be somewhere quiet, maybe somewhere serene. Like I can just imagine somewhere in, like Tahoe and just be looking out at the beach or the ocean and drinking some nice scotch. And I'll just, I'll listen to it in its entirety. Just laugh my balls off. That's kind of, that's kind of what I want to do. You know, I think you should. It, I actually have the show notes right here oh. from, from that show. Segment number one is entitled Rocky start to the show. <laughs> Segment number two is titled Rocky start to the show. Part two. <laughs> Segment number three is entitled fill in producer, Nick struggling. Oh my God. And again, it's oh nothing. It's God. it's not end of the world stuff. Oh. The show stayed on the air. Oh. Everyone got their audio files. Yeah. Slower than way slower than usual. And look for for people Suck who I, I I deserve all the negative listener mail. And just so you know, in real time at ten o'clock in the morning, I'm trying to edit these files and get them up. And for I'm trying to paint the picture here. Our computer screen there's a prompt that flashes whenever we get listener mail, mm -hmm. so that we can jump on it and print it and send it to Rob. Little notification. Yeah, it's a white box that pops up, and it's by ten thirty or eleven with a fucking strobe light of this box oh, popping up of people no. like and uh, i couldn't make them all out but the word fuck were in there and nick and <laughs> and audio files and people like where are my fucking audio files like, bah, 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 bah. It, it's funny because i was still connected to the listener mail oh, like okay. i still have it on my phone so i was seeing them and i was like <laughs> oh poor nick and that, so i i actually jumped in a couple of times I was like it's just give him some slack patient. <laughs> It'll be there soon. Trust me. Be nice to our boy. Yeah. And, and they'd come back and be like, Oh, it's okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to be mead. A lot of them though are, are doing it in jest. Like good. I, I hope so. A lot of long time listeners know that you, you've got thick skin, but it's also that you, that's part of, it's just part of our MO. It's yeah. just how we, that's how we deal with it. Cause but, we deal with humor. But I, but I get it again. The world is, is hard and, and, and depressing right now. And mm -hmm. people are waiting at 10 five to get the show people who can't get the show from six o'clock or five o'clock to 10 mm -hmm. they can't fucking wait to just download the show and for a couple hours in their listening device or their whatever to just relax and go i know i know for a fact at some point during the show i'm going to laugh my ass off mm -hmm. maybe the first hour second hour third hour it's going to happen and i need that so fucking bad and i i, I love this medium because it's the last raw type of medium that we have it's unfiltered it's real I've, I, I, I've been taking pride in the fact that I've I've held true to my my uh, my authentic self on the air it's a little bit embellished for showmanship but other than that I love the fact that I could just be myself and not put on a rat on the radio and you know put it put on a voice just to be a persona when people reach out to me they know so much about me and it's like it's cool but at the same time 
you know, you have to create that, create that barrier. That's, a, that's something else I'm working on in therapy. I'll make a note of that. Uh, <laughs> but, no, but uh, what I'm getting at is it feels good to connect with people that much mm-hmm. because it just re it reassures me that there is a community of people and we're not so divided as, as it might seem like we talk about on the show or even what we see on the news, everything it, it it's just it's turning into 1984 with all this rep, rep, repetitive scripted news garbage and no critical thinking no logical debates that don't get to the point of just personal attacks it feels like we're getting somewhere into a special place with this show and it's just grown exponentially and you mentioned that the, the videos were like the groundbreaking thing that you, when you first joined on the show 20 18 years ago the next big thing is going to be making this show like live. Yeah, I would oh, love that. Video switchers and a fa- sweeping star sweeps across the screen for yeah. transit. No, that's just a joke. But. A little star wipe action. <laughs> but honestly, that I think that to be able to deliver the show on every single platform, but also have that visual element, is just gonna it's gonna take us to the stars. I, I would even go so far. <coughs> Excuse me. Edit that out. <laughs> I would, I would love for not only the entire show to be live, mm-hmm. even everything off the air live. Yeah. And I wonder, I think that Rob would eventually come to peace with that because there's so many moments off the air that aren't quite good enough to make a feature out of, like mm-hmm. as, as far as a video, but there's little moments like, you know, Dawn will come in and go like, hey, Rob, <laughs> do you think maybe later on you could do this thing for me? And, and like, there'll just be a look on Rob's face of, yes, I can do that thing for you. <laughs> and, you know, that, that's not a standalone <laughs> Rock'em Sock'em video, but right. it's an, that would be an amazing uh moment of people people could be voyeurs and yeah. i know it's really fucked up no but it's the thing one of the things i love about this show once upon a time and we used to do videos off campus and we could go places and do things i would be the the person to record those and edit those and one of the things i loved about doing that is this is real reality tv mm-hmm. i'm not staging anything i'm not going to you brandon and say hey brandon go, go to rob and and tell him his shoes look uh, gay or whatever mm-hmm. you know they, we're just recording it and whatever makes it, makes it. Mm-hmm. I chop out the dead moments and put in the good moments. And whatever you see is is the reality. It's the actual truth. And that was my favorite thing about making those videos. And I think we could do something like that in the studio oh, yeah. where cameras are running at all times. And you know what? If you don't want to be on camera, look, we're not going to put it in the bathroom. You can go take a shit. But if you... Well, and it, we and if should you, probably charge for an extra fee. <laughs> I mean, I'd probably buy it. And like, you know, if you, if you don't want to be on camera, then you just got to to go somewhere and you just understand that you're on camera. And I I had to sort of come to terms with that myself. I'm used to being the camera operator and the editor, or at least I've been doing that for many, many years now. And a couple of times this week in the studio, we did whatever behind the scenes footage or things where I'm in front of the camera Mm -hmm. and I got a nice little taste of that self-consciousness and that, you know, that wondering, and then, you know, you you, kind of get over that and, and just you're eventually you're yourself. And eventually I had to do that, you know, physician heal thyself thing. We're like, all right, asshole, you've been telling everybody all the time to to get over it. You got to be on camera. And so now like, okay, I say to myself, okay, asshole, take your own advice and just whatever. If you don't like the way you look a certain day, tough shit get over it if you don't like the shirt you're wearing buy a new one you know that just get over it because you're on camera now yeah sometimes it's so hard to get to that point of just telling yourself all right take your own advice because i've given some pretty damn good advice over the years that i have not taken and i have learned the hard way recently about about that very thing and it's it's so teaching yourself that technique it's so important. It's just like it's, it's a practice. You gotta you gotta be you gotta trust yourself in order to get through that. It's a muscle. Yeah. 
<sighs> well, I, 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 I just, I don't got anything else. I don't, I don't have very good grammar. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I, yeah. So I'm going to get this framed. Do it. That's very sweet. It's not very, uh, aesthetic. You better get a really nice frame. It's aesthetic to me. It's the white sheet of paper. I like it. Um, thank you again, Nick. And I know this is just, this is, this isn't the end, but I, I know that you're going to be taking off soon and you are going to be missed, but it's, uh, it's been, you've, you've helped pull me back from the brink and, Good. I, and I appreciate it so much. Don't forget. It's fun. It is fun. What we do for a living is fun. There are many people who do this job for shit money and shit pay mm-hmm. because it's fun. Yeah. And I can't let anybody tell me that I need to go do something else or that this isn't where I need to be because I know exactly where I need to be and it's right here. Whoever tells you that is full of shit. I agree. Thank you, Nick. Uh, Until next time, namaste, bitches. The Rad Rad.